0: Upamada and its programs are supported by your generosity. And your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at Apamata.org. Thank you. Good morning everyone. Good morning, Good morning everyone. Mm-hmm. It's so nice to see everyone this morning. I'm glad you're here. Uh, uh, Okay, so um, I'd like to extend a warm welcome to uh, the other folks and other sanghas um, in Madison, England, Switzerland, Alpine, Chicago, Hawaii, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. That's the name. Okay. So, welcome, welcome to all of you, both uh, online and on site. Uh, before I start the talk, I'd like to uh, make an announcement. I'm having a hard time figuring out where to look. <laughs> I want to look at people and. Look. Anyway, so bear with me. Anyway, uh, so I'd like to make an announcement about the upcoming uh, one-day sit Plus. That's occurring um, next weekend. It starts on Friday uh, at 7 p.m. and goes through 9 p.m. and then starts again on Saturday at 8 a.m. and goes to about 4:10 on uh, Saturday afternoon. So um, the topic. I'll be leading that. And the topic will be um, themes around spiritual ecology, and uh, including seeing the sacred in nature. So so come one, come all. You're uh, more than welcome. Uh, I also wanted to point out that today, if I didn't already say it, is the solstice, which is exciting, summer solstice. That means today is the longest day of the year, um, shortest night, therefore shortest night. So we have a full day today. Lots of opportunities to do things today. We have more hours to do it. Um, and also, this is Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to, to those who that pertains to. All right, then. <clears throat> To get started, uh, today's talk. Um, today's talk was going to be about generosity, just generosity generally, and I got fascinated about one particular aspect of uh, generosity. Um, And this is fearlessness, and this is discussed in um, Norm Fisher's book, uh, The World Could Be Otherwise. And it's discussed within the context of generosity. But I find it particularly interesting, so I want to start there instead of talking about it at the end. So um, it's within the context of types of giving. So there's material gifts, there's spiritual um, teachings and inspiration, and then there's getting fearlessness. That's what doing. Anyway, um, so first of all, I'd like to, to, to ask, um, so what is fearlessness? And how does one offer it to others? So definition, standard online definition for fearlessness is without fear, that doesn't help a lot, or the quality of mind enabling one to face danger or hardship resolutely. That's a pretty good definition. I like that. Sure. So uh, Norm Fisher talks about fearlessness as a gift that is actually less complicated than the other two, the material gifts and spiritual teaching and inspiration. It's less complicated because it does not involve giving a thing. Instead, what you're doing is you're giving your heart. You're giving a feeling. It's almost more direct in a way. Um, so you give fearlessness by giving love. Because when one feels love, they feel confidence. You can see this in like kids, or maybe in, in students or such relationships like that, how important that is. And, and part of that is part of that gift is to give Others a sense that they matter, that they matter, that they're respected, that they're cared for, and that they're secure within a loving reality, and therefore they're protected. Um, I I just was so uh, wowed by that that uh, idea that it is so important for people to feel that they matter. I can't imagine. Maybe this is my personal issue. I don't know. But it, um, I mean, it's so important, and to see that is is one of the gifts that we're talking about in Buddhism. It's just oh, that really interesting. Uh, by the way, that uh, these there are many other needs, human basic human needs, but these are part of them according to nonviolent communication, which I've been uh, doing a lot of study of, and it's in the research. Or in the literature, and the reasons behind most people's behavior is actually in their trying to get needs, their basic needs met, of which this is a few. So you can understand people's behavior. I mean, it may be seem unusual behavior because their strategies aren't very good, but the basic need one can understand. The basic need being one of the feelings secure and respectful. So so, to provide this is just a really incredible gift. It's not something that you can fake um, because it's a feeling. You know, it's, it's not that you can really tell if you're faking it. <laughs> if you don't feel this, it's So, you have to be to be capable of giving fearlessness to another. You must. Have genuine confidence that there really is nothing to fear. You have to have that confidence. Because love actually is built into, into the love is actually built into the reality, the order of reality. That's just a part of reality is love. Well. So nothing to fear. So it's not just something that's a good idea you know, to offer this to people if you can. Um, but rather that you feel it in your bones and it comes forth in you from practice, from a lot of practice. So, um, and, and knowing that reality is inherently generous, that's an important thing that we need to know. And loving certainly doesn't mean that bad things can happen. So, you feel protected, but doesn't mean you're not going to have loss, you're not going to have pain, you're not going to have shame necessarily. But when you're fearless, bad things happen and you're still okay. Um, you can accept them. You can accept these things as part of life, and in fact, perhaps the part and parcel of life, of the road ahead for Bodhisattva. And so it's a capacity to, to be able to hold the um, these really difficult things, the most essential things, loss, yeah, obliged you know, and sickness. But you can accept them and you can be okay. It doesn't destroy you. So bodhisattva fearlessness doesn't desire. That deny this catastrophe. It just recognizes in It's inevitability. Well, we know this. I'll repeat this again later, but we know that uh, this is in existence. Things exist and then they cease to exist. So this is part of teaching. Sorry, impermanence. So Norman Fischer says, if you feel fearlessness, is easy to give as a gift. The difficult part is getting to the point of your own fearlessness. But as I say, Bodhisattvas know that uh, because things it cease, uh, it's actually, that's the nature of existence, and it's actually the beauty of the bounty of things. We gain an appreciation for things, knowing that it may not be here tomorrow, So fearlessness of the bodhisattva is very solid, it's very large, it's tough, tough. And when you feel it, it's easily easy to to give to someone else when you truly feel it. And when you meet someone who actually has this capacity, you're going to notice it. You're going to notice it. And so, two prime examples of that um, great teachers uh, is the Dalai Lama, who, despite a lifetime of tragedy, you know, he's lost his country, he's in exile, forced into exile. Many um, of his people have been lost. Um, his culture, has an attempt to decimate his culture. Uh, the destruction of so many you know, statues and religious places. So he's been through all of that, and yet he has a cheerfulness and a lightheartedness about this. And you hear this about when people go to visit him, but this is his nature. So he has this sort of fearlessness, and it's either, uh, well, the cheerfulness is, is contagious for sure. The other person is Suzuki Roshi himself, uh, similar. That students say that when they are with him, when they're in his presence, <clears throat> that it's felt good to them to be themselves. What a gift that is, right? That you can be yourself around somebody. Yeah, be yourself. You're good about it. And although Suzuki Roshi didn't say much, um, he naturally treated others as a sacred, mysterious person in which he was very interested. I just love that. So, maybe as you know, we as students of the way and on the Bodhisattva path, maybe we won't be able to reach this level. Maybe we won't. But what we can aspire to, we can aspire to it. And we can um, love more tomorrow than we're doing today. It's part of the, the aspiration, is to always go towards, go towards. Not necessarily, you may not make it, but you're going towards it. That's the whole There was a reference also in the in, uh, in book to the Prajnaparamita Sutra in 8,000 lines. And uh, there's a quote here that, but one who, that says, da, 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 becomes, and it says dot dot dot, becomes, it's going to go long after this, but this is just a stanza, but one who becomes unconcerned about anything that may be dear or undear. If, when he renounces head, hands, and feet, his thoughts remain undejected. He becomes one who gives up all he has, always cowed. So, in this sutra, the to Sutra, any version of it um, fear is a is a crucial crucial theme. And the constant refrain is if a person hears of the emptiness of everything and doesn't get frightened, depressed, or freaked out, but instead is glad and contented, then we know that person is a bodhisattva, is a true bodhisattva. In the case of giving, If the Bodhisattva realizes he or she could give up anything and everything because there is nothing to give up. And this realization makes her or him happy, not afraid, not dejected, not cowed, then he or she is a true Bodhisattva. This teaching is or uh, acknowledges wisely and surprisingly acknowledges fear, right? This is all about our fears but it's as an essential ingredient of our personalities. So there's this humanness, right? Our human qualities. And we identify with our vulnerable self. We think we are we think we possess, what we are not, and what we do not possess, right? Thus, fear of loss and possessions is essential to us. Fear is coming from. So when basic identity is challenged, naturally, fear arises, often masked by anger. <clears throat> To practice the perfection of giving, we have to overcome this fear, realizing there really is nothing to fear. Everything is empty in the first place. So this doesn't mean uh, we should wait until we are fearless to practice generosity. Of course not. We need to start right now, as we are. And the path of practice brings us slowly but surely closer to fearlessness. And teachings like this can seem daunting, and but they're not intended to scare us off. Rather, it's to encourage us um, by indicating the depth and the breadth, the range of what we aspire to. So um, I wanted to just uh, give a few thoughts that I had after after reading this because um, I was really impacted by it <clears throat> in many ways. Uh, the first thing I thought of is I thought of my teacher, one of my teachers, Flint Sparks, and um, I. Remembered how in one time in my life I was uh, very aggrieved probably over the death of my father, and my sister-in-law, one of them. And uh, I didn't think that I I just didn't think my grief would ever end. Um, and I felt somewhat submerged by it. And I don't know how we did it exactly. But at some point, um, I was able to say, yes, I am grieving and and know that and feel that. But at the same time, I could say, but I'm okay. I am okay. Which, you know, brings you up from the subversion. Do I have total fearlessness? I don't think so. But we make movements along the continuum, right? And that's 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 a big one, I think. It was for me, being able to hold these two contradictory sort of things. I'm okay, and I'm terribly agreed. <clears throat> so I also thought about Flint as well um, in his discussions about vulnerability. In inquiry. You know? I mean, that's what it's all about. It's being vulnerable and being open with our vulnerability with other people. For one thing, it has an impact on them. <clears throat> but just being vulnerable with that kind of takes away some of the—strips off some of that fear. It's also a way how to open up our life. That's part of it. And how Plitt talks a lot, and over time, he's talked a lot about removing blockages to love. This is again part of the recipe for having the capacity, more and more capacity for love, and in that also approaching this stage of fearlessness, having the capacity to have so much love That you can have an impact on another person, and know that make and have them know that they matter. So, where are we on time? I'll just say I, um, there's a lot of uh, information on how to generate generosity. Um, and certainly his chapter on generosity discusses it. And I was going to talk about it, um, but I, uh, I decided not to. I wanted to focus on this instead. But um, so you can consult this book or a lot of other books on, on gener- generosity in, in general. I'll just mention a few things um, that are useful in this process. And that is, uh, one is um, being aware, and I think once we start this practice, we do this, we start becoming aware of our attitudes, what our attitudes actually are, and that they are changeable. They're not solid. And we become aware of this simply by noticing paying attention to our responses, our reactions to things, when we feel tightened up, or when our breath gets short, or when we get clenches in our shoulders, or all those are signals from the body, right, telling us, giving us information, and of tightening down, closing up, becoming stingy, becoming small-minded, and by noticing it, that's the first step, becoming aware of it, and the second step, of course, is um, trying to notice it more quickly, sooner after you know it's occurred, and stopping, eventually stopping, stopping the attitude that you're going off the cliff, of getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Right? So, of course, meditation and um meditation is very useful it's probably the best way because you sit and what do you have to do to sit when you're sitting but look, look at your mind and all the things it's churning out so it's a perfect place to do that and also having this community of friends that can also help you support you on that on that path and another uh, aspect of this opening is realizing It's the recognition of, or maybe you say it a different way, to to practice generosity is actually to appreciate the natural abundance of being, the inherent generosity of time and space. Space is one that's particularly easier, I guess, to, to appreciate. Um, and also the ongoing unfolding of life. Some, there is generosity in that. So these are precious gifts. Life is generous and is always making new life. It's expansive and, ab- and abundant. And it's never stingy or small-minded. It keeps on going and rising up. Wherever it has a chance. And so you don't have to create life, you just have to let it in, let it in, let it in. Let, it in, let go of your attitudes. So I think that the harsh winter that we just had here in Texas is a good example of life being generous. So we had, you know, these major freezes, and for those of us in have yards and gardens and things and even if you don't have them you can look around the neighborhoods and everywhere and there was so much destruction you know so many freezes trees breaking and plants apparently gone and lo and behold when the when the springs had come a majority of the things have come back have been astounded now they may not have come back in the same form the whole structure of the branches and the the leaves are gone forever, but they're coming up from the roots now. Not everything, but so so many things. I've been I've been really astonished, and that's life again, reoccurring, coming out of apparently nothing. Right, coming out of the soil. There it is, everywhere. It's just it's just a marvel. So the weeds and vines, weeds and vines are the first ones always to come. <laughs> So nature is prolific. It's prolific, bursting forth. It's prolific when the tree topples down in the forest and begins to decompose, it becomes food for you know, insects, the algae, and the fungi, bacteria, of trees and plants around it. So in just contemplating this sort of thing, to me, is kind of heart opening and realizing that we are watched day-to-day with generosity of life around us. And it's hard sometimes to think about that. We're thinking about whatever we're thinking about, writing paper, and yet there it is, if we just take the time to look at it. So um, and it keeps going. It's never going to stop. The life on this planet, we're losing species rapidly and human beings have some hand in that, and it's a terrible tragedy and it should be stopped. But on the other hand, life will continue. It may not be as it is right now, it won't be, but something will take the place of what's here now, I'm projecting in the future, if you don't know that, but um, let's just say it's my assumption. So it's important that we look at ourselves, human beings, as not something outside of life, but rather intimately, I mean, we're in it, we're as much alive, involved in life as everything else, and life will continue even if we do not. So anyway, I think I'm going to close with that. Um, yeah i'm going to close with that and there's more to say about generosity a lot more to say but i'll stop here and um i thought what we would do we would get into groups of um yeah let's do it in in pairs that'll be good and um Maybe we'll have a group of three here, and so what? We're, what I would like to do with that is go back to this idea of. One second. Ah, yes. Okay. So, so in your partners, um, we'll come back. Let's come back at um, t- probably ten. Ten minutes would probably be enough, I think. Ten minutes, um, or just make it at uh, ten forty-five. Whoever, uh, is that you? Yeah, Maria. Ten forty-five, and this is the instruction. And maybe we can type it on the. The chat. You probably won't need it, but just in case. Um, so, what we're going to be doing is talking about a person. Each person is going to talk about uh, a person or people that you've known during your life who have offered you this kind of generosity of the fear fearlessness. So, that is specifically let you know that you mattered. Um, they gave you respect, made you feel cared for. Made you feel secure in this loving reality and ultimately protected. Or conversely, if you'd rather do it the opposite, um, who have you offered this kind of love and fearlessness to in your life? So either direction or both if you want to, if there's time. I guess, Will, I was just going to uh, say, does anybody have any comments about talking about that, or that they might have learned from their other person that might have inspired them in some way? Or? You did. You did. Okay, David? We both agree that the people in our lives that elicited that space for us were also people that could be vulnerable with us and we would accept our help. That's a wonderful observation. Yeah, that's a really wonderful observation. Did you guys hear that all right? Yes, yes. Wonderful. And we, so the idea was that not only were they um, a certain way for us, they also could be vulnerable, and that made us feel seen and important and valuable. So it was, it was a joint thing. It wasn't just coming from one person one way. That's great. That's great. Great observation. Anything else?
1: Um, I am. Oh, sorry. Oh, go on. Um, I just wanted to um, mention something that Becky um, talked about that I thought was so important. And that was someone in her life that she used to work with, um, who was very different from her. And um, she wouldn't anticipate um, being uh, generous, maybe with her or uh, just very different from her and in a time of her life when she um, was withdrawing from people. This person just came and said, you are, you are coming out with me, we are going for tea. And, you know, just one of those um, unexpected sources of generosity, I guess you could say it that way. Um, and um, I th- thought that was kind of very special and required, you know, some openness, I guess, a lot on, on Becky's part to, um, not reject the offer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Some fearlessness in not rejecting the offer. Yeah. Yes. And in making the offer. Mm-hmm. Kim, did you have your hand up a minute ago?
1: I did. There there's a quality of in in the situations that came to my mind where someone was really really honest with me and um i respected that so much and that was such such a gift but there's also the fearlessness quality because when you're honest with someone they might reject you you know so we're dancing around and not saying what's on our mind you know i I, i'm looking at rosemary there was one time when she was very honest with me about you know a question she had you know why did i do x or something and and i really appreciated that and those are the times that really just really means something, I think, when someone is that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clarifying, for sure. Okay. All right. It looks like um, looks like that's it. Shall we close? Close.